Hey everybody, thanks for joining us at the Central and Janesville podcast. Please remember to check us out on centraljanesville.com throughout the week. We're excited for wherever God's got you at right now, and we hope this message brings you a little closer. Thanks. On that note, I need everybody online and in the room to say greatness. Greatness. Yeah. Now, it is the title, everybody, of this message that we're going to talk about today in the next series of our series, um, 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 home, our homecoming series. Everybody, this, this, this is the title, Welcome Home to Greatness. Welcome Home to greatness. And I got to ask a question, everybody in the room, how many of you desire to be great? You desire to be great. You desire to be great. All 10 of you, oh, a few more. There we go. There we go. Hopefully online, you desire to be great. And everybody, when I think about what it looks like for us to be great, I got some images of what the world says is great. First thing we think about is athletes, TV 12, right? The man is running out of rings, uh, fingers for his rings, right? I think he just won seven, right? Or maybe a guy like LeBron James, one of the greatest basketball players of all time, four-time champion. And now I know we got Green Bay Packer fans, but listen, I mean, I mean, come on. Come on, you got to give it up for him. I mean, it's Walter Payton, right? And of course, the greatest heavyweight champion of all time, Muhammad Ali, right? I mean, these are just guys, you can get into an argument about some things, but these guys are just great, great athletes, right? And then when we think about great stuff, we also think about like the wonders of the world. Like what about the Great Wall of China? How spectacular is that. I've actually met people from our church that have actually been to the Great Wall. It's on my bucket list. Or what about the Taj Mahal in India? What a magnificent um, building that is. Or even when you think about magnificence, the Roman Colosseum way back in the day, this magnificent building that was built years ago. And then, of course, I mean, it don't get much better than that. Christ our Redeemer in Rio, right? Anybody ever been to Rio and seen that? I got to go. I got to go. Why don't you take me? Take me next time, pastor, right? And sometimes, everybody, it's not just the idea of these big things that are great. Sometimes the simple things, see, are really great. Like after a hard day of work, come on. This tub looks like it's about to swallow this woman alive, right? I don't know if you've ever done that after a hard day and you're like, oh, my God, this is great, right? Or for me, Backyard barbecue, baby. I mean, it don't get much better than that. On a holiday weekend, I wish I could say that was my food, but, you know, I just pulled it offline. And, hey, I can't talk about greatness without mentioning the greatest pastor on the planet. Yeah, Pastor Dave Clark, who was on a mountainside somewhere in Colorado communing with Jesus. Hopefully we can get him to come back, you know. Everybody... But sometimes, how many of you guys recognize that uh, the way the world measures greatness is vastly different than the way Jesus measures greatness, right? I mean, the world, everybody, measures greatness by how much we can get. Jesus measures greatness by how much we're willing to give. The world measures greatness uh, by how many people and followers know them. You know, social media people. But Jesus measures greatness by how many people follow and know him. The world measures greatness by those whose name is regarded highly. But Jesus measures greatness by how we're willing to walk in humility. You understand? The world measures greatness by how successful we are Jesus measures greatness by how sacrificial we are. Somebody say greatness. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, I asked you before who wants to be great, and everybody, I hope that everybody feels that way because there's nothing wrong with that. 
There is absolutely nothing wrong. You should desire to want to be a great person to other people. You should desire to be great at what you do and what you set your hands to. Hey, listen, we're all about that here at Central Christian. And I hope nobody wakes up every day and stretches and says to yourself, you know what, I'm feeling pretty good today. Today, (laughs) I want to be average. I just want to be mediocre. And whatever, it's fine. The the devil is a lie. Man, you ain't a second-class citizen. I don't care where you're from. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what mistakes you've made. I don't care how many times you've made them. I don't care what he said to you or what she did to you or why they left you or why they turned their back on you. Please understand, everybody, that we are because Jesus is. Yeah. Yeah. And so, everybody, the next time somebody says something to you or your mind tries to tell you something that you're not, man, I dare you to get in your feelings. Rise up and remind yourself of that person that's trying to tell you something twisted, who you really are. You know how somebody say something slick to you on the side every now and then. You got to step back and be like, uh, 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 what? Uh, no, no, boo-boo. I just need to remind you, you must got me confused with somebody else because I am a child of the most high God. I am the head and not the tail. I am more than a conqueror. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am always on God's mind. I am strong and courageous. I am made in his image and his likeness. I am redeemed. I am restored. I am forgiven. I am not who you say I am, Buster. I am who God says I am. And everybody, I just felt like I needed to just put that out there because I don't know how many of us struggle with that sometimes, that we need to be reminded of the truth of who we are in Christ. And so I had Shannon create this slide for anybody who needs to just take a snapshot of this. This is all Bible, what I just shared with you. And every now and then, maybe in your prayer time, you need to just remind yourself of what's true about you, who Jesus says that you are in him. And listen, I don't want you to get confused online with the mini pep rally that we just had, right? We're not these great people just because of who we are in ourselves. Remember, I said we are because Jesus is, right? And Jesus says of himself, uh, I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. I am the light of the world. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. And greater is he who is in me than any joker, any buster, or any loser that's in the world. Yeah, yeah. Somebody say greatness. And everybody, I think you're here today because you want to be great. I think you want to be great sons and great daughters. I think you want to be great husbands and great wives. I think you want to be great men and women of God used by his glory. I think you want to be great employees, great students, great business people, great business owners. Hey, all of, here, all of us here at Central Christian Church, everybody, that's our desire. We want to be great pastors, elders, leaders, support staff. We want to be great for Jesus and we want to be great for you. And so everybody, the question is not do we want to be great, but the question is what does that look like from Jesus' perspective? That's a fantastic question. I'm glad you asked. And so I want to share with you, everybody, uh, a Jesus story in Matthew chapter 20. In Matthew chapter 20, I want to give you the background of what's happening. Um, James and John, who were disciples of Jesus, and they were also brothers, their mom steps to Jesus. 
and asked him a very penetrating question. In Matthew chapter 20, uh, verse 21, J- James and John's mom says, Jesus, you the man. You see it? You see it? She's like, man, I didn't see you hit the sick. I didn't see you raise the dead. I didn't see you feed people. You're awesome. You that man a thousand grand. You see it? It's all right there. You see it? Then he says, then she says, give your word that these two uh, sons of mine will be awarded the highest places of honor in your kingdom, one at your right hand and the other at your left. And everybody, I want to examine three things for my note takers. Number one, I want to examine the request made of Jesus. I want to examine the response given back from Jesus. And then I want to uh, examine the requirement laid out by Jesus in order for us to actually accomplish greatness from his perspective. Okay. Uh, Again, the request, the response, and then the requirement. So first request. Okay. He says, or she says in uh, verse 21, she says, give your word that these two sons of mine will be awarded the highest places of honor in your kingdom, one at your right hand and one at your left. Now, everybody, are you seeing the motivation behind the request that mom is asking of, 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 of Jesus? Uh, now, I think it's interesting. Now, mom is asking for James and John. You see that? And, 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 and the boys, now, now, first of all, who is that really about, right? It wasn't about Jesus, was it, right? And I think it's interesting, everybody, mama doing all the talking and the boys standing behind her like, yep, yep, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can you see it? Right? I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where uh, you had a spokesperson, a spokesperson, spur, oh Lord, a spokesperson, did I say it right that time? A spokesperson speaking for a group, right? And really the spokesperson wasn't, it wasn't really their idea. It was somebody in the group's idea, but they chose a spokesperson to speak on behalf of the group because they felt like the spokesperson would get favor from the person that they're asking. You remember like how we used to do when we was kids and we would pick the youngest sibling to go and talk to our parents about stuff that we really wanted. And we'd be in the background, but we actually gave, we hired the young one. I was an older sibling. I did this. I don't know if y'all did this, right? Yeah, yeah. We hired the younger sibling to do the asking because we figured mom and dad would say yes to them versus to us, right? You know, the baby would be in there, mama. Can John John take, a, take me to the park across the street? No, no, not across the street, around the corner, down the street. Oh, yeah, around the corner, down the street. It was all my idea. And oh, mommy, can you give us some money for candy, for bubble gum? No, no, we don't want bubble gum, we're going to snicker bar. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, a snicker bar, snicker bar, right? I promise I made this up all by myself. And John John told me to make sure that I told you that he didn't tell me to ask you this, right? <laughs> Anybody ever been there beside me, right? It's amazing. So mom asked this question of Jesus in verse 21 of Matthew chapter 20. And I want you to see how Jesus responded. He says to James and John, you see, they were standing there the whole time. He says, are you capable of drinking the cup that I'm about to drink? And they said, sure, why not? We can do that as long as we get our place. Whatever you need us to drink, we'll drink it, right? Because you see, for James and John, everybody, they were far more interested in the position of honor versus recognizing the price that needed to be paid to be honored. Are y'all seeing that? Yeah. And how many times, everybody, do we make requests of God in our prayer life that really have nothing to do with him getting glory just as long as we get our glory? Yeah. 
See, don't misunderstand everybody on online. I'm not saying uh, that we can never ever request from our Father in heaven the desires of our heart. But the desires of our heart, everybody, should not always be focused uh, on ourselves or be self-centered. I'm going to say it again. The desires of our heart should not always be self-focused or self-centered. The desires of our heart should also be frequently others-focused. And the fact that you want to be blessed, everybody, that's not a bad thing. But God is interested in knowing, ladies and gentlemen, how is blessing you going to benefit others being blessed because you've been blessed? Is this making sense? Philippians chapter 2 says it like this. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but to the interest of, are y'all seeing this? And so everybody, um, here's a question I want you to ponder on this first point. When we think about the request that was made of Jesus, the question that I want you to ponder this morning is, are your requests of God always centered around you? Or are you constantly considering others before you? Are your requests always centered around you? Or are you constantly considering others um, before you? Okay, this was the request that Jesus is, uh, that Jesus was uh, given from Mom and them. You know, James and John kind of fed her, but you know she did the asking. So I want you to check out how Jesus responded back to uh, James and John's mom. In verse uh, twenty-two, Jesus was like, "Girl, you high? You see it? See it?" She says, "You have no idea." What you're asking, Jesus said to her. And then he gathers all the disciples up. And then he says, you've observed how godless rulers throw their weight around and how quickly a little power goes to their heads. Jesus is like, it is not going to be that way with you. Here's what you need to understand. Whoever wants to be great must become a Are you seeing this? And whoever wants to be among you must be your this is how Jesus defines what it looks like for us to truly be great. He says, if you want to be great, you got to be a servant. In other words, I want to say it like this. Great people of God are always, somebody say always, always those who are under the authority of God. Great people of God are always those who are under the authority of God. And you're saying, okay, I hear you online. What exactly does that mean? And here's what I've discovered, everybody. While I was studying this, what I discovered, everybody, is actually dangerous for us to have no authority over us in our lives. It's actually dangerous for us to have no accountability in our lives. It's actually very dangerous for us to have no sense of having to answer to someone else in our lives. You remember that old saying, uh, some of the kids in the room, I think it's probably like two, three years old now, but y'all used to say this all the time, uh, you're not the boss of me. <laughs> I don't care what you say, you're not the boss of me, right? And here's my question. If they ain't the boss of you, who is? Because can I tell you something? We need that. Because bottom line, everybody, it, it, it's dangerous because if all I'm ever thinking about is myself, if all I'm ever doing is looking out for myself, then guess what? Whatever I got to do to ensure that I'm good, I'm going to do it, even if it's at the detriment of somebody else. 
Are y'all seeing this? This is why we got a lot of the issues that we have in our world today because of this principle right here. Jesus said, you've observed how godless rulers throw their weight around. How quickly a little power goes to their heads. And everybody, you do understand that this is where, right here, this is where abuse comes from. This right here, what we're talking about, this is where uh, people feel like they're unable to give to charitable organizations because they don't trust the people that are running it at the top. They feel like there's abuse with mismanagement of money because there's no oversight. There's nobody really checking and balancing, right? This is where people feel like they need to protect themselves from other people because they feel like the people who are in authority over them are mistreating them and they need to take matters into their own hand. And everybody, can I also tell you, we've even seen this, everybody, with those in the church who love Jesus and who are devout in their faith, great men and women of God, pastors, business leaders, community leaders, right? They have affairs, steal and embezzle money, abuse those underneath them. Because why? They got so big, there were no checks and balances in place, no group, no board, no elders, no organization consistently doing oversight. And what happened? Folk just began to do things and make decisions that were self-serving, and self-focus versus other focus. And Jesus is like, that's not how we're going to roll. We ain't rolling like that. That's why he makes this statement. He says, it is not going to be that way with you. Everybody, it's why scripture has an order to how it delegates how we should treat each other. This is why for all of my young people in the room and online watching, this is why the Bible says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. He's setting order. This is why he says in scripture, wives, submit yourselves to your own husband out of reverence for Christ. Then it goes on to say, wives, submit yourselves to one another, to your husbands out of reverence for Christ. It continues by saying, wives, submit. Did I already say that? I'm sorry, I just, my wife is here. I just want to make sure she heard that part. Okay, okay. And then, and then, and then it says, husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church. Sacrifice yourself for her. Throw your life down for her. Make sure that your needs are secondary to her needs and everybody else in the household. I'm preaching good right now to the wives, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody, let me tell you this. How many of you guys are in a small group? You're in a small group, you're in a small group. But my small group people, if you're not in a small group online, you need to get in a small group. My small group, we met uh, this last Thursday and we studied Exodus chapter 21. And in Exodus chapter 21, it talks about how uh, um, slave owners need to properly treat their servants, right? And it was a beautiful passage about, you don't abuse these people. Uh, owners, this is how you treat your servants. And then it also talks about, and, 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 and slaves and servants, this is how you treat your masters, right? It's this beautiful picture of how when we do things God's way, there's this beautiful order, everybody's covered, everybody's taken care of well, and there's harmony in the space. And everybody, Jesus is like, listen, if you truly want to be great, you must first become a servant. Somebody say servant. That word servant in the Greek literally is from the word uh, diakonos, it's the diakonos. And that word uh, broken down literally means to be an attendant and a waiter. An attendant or a waiter. And when I looked at that, I was like, uh, Jesus, Rob gonna be at 10.30 and this gonna be a hard sell for him along with the rest of the crew. 
what am I, what am I supposed to do with that? Uh, what am I going to tell them? Okay, everybody get a job at Applebee's and serve people, right? What does that mean? And so he started breaking it down for me, and here's what he came up with. Now, for those of you who go out to eat on a regular basis, you go out to eat every now and then, and you have a server or you have a waiter that waits on you, right? What is the main job of a server or a waiter? To serve, to wait on you, to make sure, right, that your experience, your dining experience is the best possible dining experience possible, that you have everything you need in order to have a great dining experience. Makes sense online, right? That makes sense, right? And so, but here's the thing, everybody. The great servers, the great attendants, the great waiters, they don't just serve you well. They take pleasure in serving you well. Have you ever had an experience like that? Well, it seemed like these people, like they were born to do this, right? I remember uh, I was playing football um, uh, my rookie year. We were out playing uh, the San Diego Chargers when they were still in San Diego. My wife flew out for the game along with uh, uh, my mother-in-law, who is here today. Everybody, it's her birthday. You lucky I ain't got time to sing to you, girl. Yeah. But anyway, we were out having a meal and, uh, you know, I'm still young. I'm 23 years old. We out at this nice place. And, you know, in California, you know, people a little different out in California, you know, for all the Californians in the room and online. We love you, but you're different. You're different. Anyway, um, yeah, so we're out there, and, 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 and the dude was waiting on our table. And he was a taller guy with a deep voice. And I felt like, my wife is laughing, I felt like he was peeping my woman. You understand? And so she asked for something and, 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 he, and, and he brought it and she was like, thank you. And the dude was like, my pleasure. And I was like, what did he just say? Is he flirting with you? My pleasure. We ain't heard nothing like that in Chicago. They don't talk like that in, on the, in the West, you know, in the Midwest, right? And so she asked for something else. The dude came back. Said it now. She said, thank you. The dude was like, my pleasure. I jumped up. It was about to go down. My wife grabbed my arm. Was like, baby, where you going? I said, I'm about to jack this dude up. He flirting with you. What is he talking about? My pleasure. I got his my pleasure right here. You understand? She's like, no, no, baby. You know, he's serving people. This is, you know, he, he wants to make sure they have a pleasurable serving experience. So Rob, you know what I did? I watched him. I was looking at some other tables. And, you know, Don, he was like, my pleasure, to the other people. I was like, oh, okay. He's just, you know, wanting to serve these people great. That's awesome. He almost died, but praise God. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Everybody, isn't it amazing what happens? And I think it's beautiful. Um, we understand this. You know, when you serve people well, you get served well. Amen. Have we seen that? Right? In fact, Proverbs says it like this in chapter 11, verse 25, a generous person will prosper and whoever refreshes other people will themselves be refreshed, right? And isn't it amazing when our heartbeat is to just bless people and serve people and take pleasure in serving people, how that just tends to come back on us in ways that we didn't even understand or think possible, Right? I got to show you this. If he knew I was doing this, he'd probably strangle me right now. Uh, But a lot of you guys know uh, Donnie Wahlberg is a good friend of mine. And uh, Donnie, um, yeah, he, yeah, you see that? 
Yeah, he left an over $2,000 tip for a server at IHOP. That just made their whole year, right? Now, if you don't know anything about Donnie Wahlberg, this is who he is. He is that dude that loves to bless people. You'd never know about it. He's just that kind of a generous guy. But the other thing that I know about Donnie is, and I'm sure this has probably happened, that that server at IHOP probably gave him excellent service. Was probably the young lady, the young man was like, can I get anything else for you? Do you need anything else? Can I make sure that you get, I mean, probably just, just hooked him up, right, to the best of their ability. And I bet you Donnie in his mind was like, I'm about to hook this person up because they just look like this is what they were born to do. They just served me so great. And everybody, I want you to see that picture that we got a father in heaven that as our heart is just to serve people and to love people and to refresh people and we don't even want anything from it, but we just enjoy the process of refreshing and serving people. We got a God in heaven that's looking at me. I'm gonna bless your socks off. I'm gonna open a door for you that no man can close. I'm gonna close a door for you that no man can open. I'm gonna bless you abundantly above all. You can ask, hope, or thank somebody out to say amen right there. He is that type of God. Yeah, and the Bible says that when we look to just refresh people, that, that refreshing will come right back to us. Everybody, we talked about the request. We talked about the, require, uh, the response. Now I want to talk to you about the requirement that's laid out by Jesus in order for us to truly become great. We've been talking about it the whole message, but he really sums it up for us right here in verse 28. He says, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. And everybody, the way to really become great from Jesus' perspective is to don't look to be served, but watch this, to live to serve. In fact, my question for you to consider for this last point is, ladies and gentlemen, do you look to be served by others or do you live to serve? For all of my kids in the room, this is for you, all right? What would our families look like if you constantly lived for opportunities to serve your older and younger siblings? I just cussed in front of everybody. That's just foul language for the kids. Like, I can't stand my brother and sister. But what would it look like if you lived to serve your older and younger younger siblings? You lived to serve and help your parents around the house. I see elbows Parents hitting their kids right now. Pay attention to this part of the message that pastor's preaching. But we're always looking to help them, to share with them, to work with them, instead of having an attitude of serve me, hook me up, do what I need you to do. Take me here. Watch my, yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Right? What would that look like? Husbands and wives, what would our marriages look like? If when we got home from work, our mindset was always, man, I live to serve my wife. Man, I live to serve my husband, rather than kind of having an attitude of, you know, I worked all day, handle that. The attitude of being served. Got quiet in the room, all the married people, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what would our church look like, folks, if we had people coming to worship every single weekend and they lived to serve here at church? They lived to jump in and get involved here with all the serving opportunities we have here at Central Christian Church, not just in the building, but in the community, rather than coming here week after week after week with your arms folded and your legs kicked up like, yeah, hook me up, serve me. Make me feel good with this song. Make me laugh in the sermon. All right, I'm out. What it looked like for us to look, rather not to be served, but to live 
to serve. And everybody, what does that require of us? Can I tell you what it requires? Philippians chapter two, remember we visited this earlier. I want to revisit it for a moment. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, humility, consider others better than yourself. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. What it requires everybody is humility. And what does that mean? Humility, everybody, does not mean uh, that you, uh, you're somebody's doormat or that you should feel like you're being mistreated or taken advantage of. This making sense? That's not what we're saying. In fact, you, you've heard me say this before, but humility, everybody, is actually not thinking less of yourself. It's actually just thinking of yourself less. And what, was it, what would it look like for us to just think about ourselves a little bit less and think about others just a little bit more? Just like Jesus did, who, as he shares with us in this last part of Philippians chapter 2, having this mind among you, among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not consider or count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Please grab hold of what, what Jesus just said there. Uh, this is Paul actually writing about Jesus. Think about this is God. And if anybody, had the right to say, you know what? It don't get no bigger than me. I need to run this. I need to handle this. Do what I need you to do. Tell, say what I need you to say, right? He was that dude, but the Bible says he didn't count equality with God as a thing to be grasped. What did he do? He emptied himself by taking the form of a, are you seeing this? Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he Are you seeing this? Humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. Yeah. And everybody, as I close this out, I want you to consider what it looks like for us to model Jesus. Jesus said, true greatness is making ourselves a servant. True greatness doesn't mean we think less of ourselves. It just means we think of ourselves less. We think more about others. And everybody, if the creator of the entire universe the head honcho, it don't get no higher than him, could think of himself less and think of us more. If the head of all heads, the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords online, could humble himself and give his life for us, doesn't it make sense that we can give our life for him in service? Thanks again for joining us on the Central and Janesville podcast. Remember to check us out at centraljanesville.com. Have a great week.